Good. Did we just like jump like three seconds there? I feel like we just fast forward in time. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? I want to say hello to everybody online as well here today. Uh, show of hands, who wore an outfit today that doesn't match? Anybody in the room? I, I wore some gray and some brown, and I got, I got like some orange on my socks. I would just like to know who's a, who's a mismatched outfit fan right here. Derek, my man, one. So there are only two cool people in here who don't bow to the whims of fashion. Derek, right here, yes. All right, that has nothing to do with what I'm up here to say, but that's okay. Uh, can you guys go ahead and stand with me? So uh, a little bit ago, we talked to you guys about this, this whole idea of getting a new sound system. And here, and I, I would like to direct everybody's attention and camera guys, if you can like pan up there. Pan, is that the right, is that the right word, right? Do you see these glorious speakers up here? That's, uh, that's up there. So I just, we just wanted to give you a little bit of an update. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're pumped. Josh Harma is Indiana Jones. No, there we go. That just makes me want to be in a movie. That was pretty, was that you, Steve? Right on, right on. So hey, uh, we just, we want to celebrate the fact that we've got these. Wanted to give you an update. Right, so we had originally said, hey, it's gonna cost about $60,000 to redo all the sound system. All right, the speakers we had were, they were dying on us. Uh, I did a funeral sound for a funeral a couple weeks ago, like and everybody that talked sounded like they were going through a bad drive-through speaker. Like it was, it was a little bit sketchy. So we were able to do this. Of that $60,000, so far we have raised just over $44,000. So, and just in the event you're wondering, wait, if we haven't raised all of the money, how are their speakers hanging there? Uh, we just want to keep you up, up to date with what we're doing. So we had a little bit of money left from Come Alive. So we borrowed from that. And as the rest of that $60,000 comes in, we'll just repay that so that we can, you know, again, keep Come Alive going where it was intended to go. But this was, again, one of those things where to create the space and the environment, we're like, eh, we... We really ought to pull the trigger on those speakers. And we're pumped for you to be able to hear uh, what these sound like in the room today. So it really is a glorious day. So we're going to sing glorious day, even though that has nothing to do with speakers. So, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. I sing. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried. It was my turn till I met you. You called my name and I ran out of that
at the weight of your glory I needed shelter, I was an orphan Now you call me a citizen of heaven to those joining us online. I'm Pam Carey, our change maker and events coordinator. And I'm Rasika, I'm the student ministries director and office manager. Hey, you've heard us talk about a few things coming up here, and one of those things is our seven nights of prayer. And that is coming up the first week in November, but it starts October 31st. So it's that first full week in November-ish, but it starts October 31st, and it's 7.30 p.m. every night that week. And it's just gonna be an amazing time. Uh, to come here and just to pray and to really continue to grow closer to God. We encourage everybody to come, start marking your calendars off, start making plans for um, kids to be watched, whatever it is. You know, we've said in the past, if you need help covering babysitting costs, we would love to help cover that as well. You've also heard us talk about the women's ministry kickoff. We're super excited about this. We already have 150, close to 150 women signed up for that. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. So. That is October 23rd, so it's this coming Saturday from 5 to 8. So it's just a short chunk of time, um, but it's going to be so fun. We're going to do um, have some worship, a devotion. We're going to do some creating and connecting and eating together. And the women's ministry is, is going to be really focused on growing closer to God, of course, um, but also connecting and creating relationships with other women who are Jesus believers. So we hope that you can all come and continue to invite your friends. Make sure to register so we can plan and we have enough food and everything for you. So you can go to the radiantlife.church, click on events and get signed up there and it's free. So. Yeah, hey Pam, we have some amazing opportunities to just get connected and plugged into the community. Mm -hmm. And this next opportunity that we have is called Safety Town. And if you guys have children, maybe you've heard about this. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, you should check it out. If your kids really like sugar, how many of your children <laughs> like sugar? How many of you guys like sugar? Just let's be honest here, I love sugar. So we're asking for some candy donations for Safety Town each year. I think we have gone out and bought. Yeah, every year candy. it seems like we run out because there's so many kids. I don't even know. Like it's lined up from like Wall School. Sometimes it's made it close to down here. I think so. It's crazy. Yes. <laughs> Lots of kids, um, but it's a great way to connect again with our community. And we would love for you guys to help donate candy towards that. So there's an orange tote by Guest Central. You can drop it in there next Sunday, or you can bring it in throughout the week. 
Yes, and we also had an awesome way to reach the community. Just this week on Friday, we have an event called Fun Fridays that happen the third Friday of every month for kindergartners through fifth graders. And they get to come here to the church. And we actually had a harvest party, which was amazing. And we got to advertise to the public school system. So I think that just deserves a round of applause because we're able to get into the public school system. But not only that, we had 125 kids show up on Friday night yeah, here, and we were just awesome. able to love on them. Yeah. And it was just, it was so fun to see all of their awesome faces and meet new families. So that was a really cool opportunity. Yeah, and they have Fun Friday every month for the kids. So be on the lookout for the next one, which is in November. It's going to be a little Thanksgiving feast. But we're going to get ready to sing our next song, which is Tremble. And Rasika is going to speak into that a little bit. Yeah, so this week, as I was just seeking the Lord in some quiet times, I really just wanted to see, you know, is there any scripture about trembling? Is there any scripture that talks about darkness having to tremble when it comes to God? And actually Psalms 97, uh, five states the mount, I'm sorry, 97, four says, his lightning flashes out across the world, the earth sees and trembles. Maybe you've walked through some darkness. Maybe you're in a season of darkness right now, or you just, you know how lonely that is. I wanna encourage you that when darkness sees God, it trembles. It cannot stand against our Creator and our Lord. So join us as we sing the song, Trouble. surrounding me, let it break at your name still, call the seed is still, the rage in me is still everywhere.
Father God, you are Lord of all. Whether we're sitting here with that realization or not, you are still Lord of all. You are the cornerstone. You, you are this foundation that we can build our life on. Even when those storms come, we can count on you. Thank you, Jesus. Even in our weakness, we are strong because of you. Allow these truths to, to set in here today. Lord, I surrender my agenda and my word over to you, and I ask that you would just speak to us today. Allow your holy word to be spoken today. Not words of mine, but yours. And may we be transformed because we heard from your holy word. May we be inspired to grow and to know you more. And may our lives be transformed because of that. So Father, we continue to invite you here. Would you speak to us now, today? And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You may take a seat. I wanna welcome all of our friends and family online. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And if you're a guest, I wanna welcome you here as well. Radiant Lifers, how you doing this morning? I gotta give you a disclaimer. I am fired up today. So here, I, here's the disclaimer. What I've realized as I'm growing as a leader, that when I get passionate, it sounds like I'm angry. I am not angry, I promise you. There's nothing that has angered me today. Yeah, anyways. Uh, maybe the, the lions will or something, but yeah, that, that's another debate. But I want you to know that, man, I am fired up. I was fired up last night. I was, I was here last night. I was going through the message. I was praying for you today, even for those watching online weeks, months, years from now. I was praying for you. And my prayer was, and, and I steal this from John Wesley, that, Lord, would you set me on fire and allow others to watch me burn? I wanna be so full of God's holy presence that I'm on fire, not for me, that we would become a wildfire as we leave today. And so I, I'm fired up, I'm passionate today. I promise you, I'm not angry. Please don't take it like that. I'm still growing in my leadership and my communication skills. So please extend me grace. The Bible tells you you have to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we've been in this teaching series called Prayer. And it's just this idea of knowing and experiencing God. And my hopes today is to spur on and encourage you to go even farther in you and your understanding of knowing and experiencing God more than you have at any other moment than today. Like you, you, you'd want to go to the next level. And Pastor Ryan, he's done a, a wonderful job with this and I just wanted to steal some of his slides. And he said, God has chosen to make prayer the path to his presence, his power, and his purpose. I'm gonna repeat this a lot today because there's so much truth in this. I mean, 
Who wasn't fired up last week? When Pastor Ryan's on the stage, he's, he's bleeding his heart out, he's transparent, and he's like, do you realize that when you pray, you're in the presence of God? And it's like Holy Spirit revealed this whole new level to him, and he was fired up last week. And I want that for you today. That, that you, like the, the scales are removed from your eyes or maybe there's a shadow or something and that for the first time, like it just like is this mind-blowing experience. It's not anything that I'm going to say today, but that you, like, that you would just have this encounter with God. And we want that and we do that through the power of prayer. Now, for some of us, I get it. And this, this size of room and all the folks who are joining us online, like we all come into this space at different places in our walk with Jesus. Some of us, like, man, we have like this super direct line to God. Like we have this incredible prayer life. And some of us are like, man, I'm just hoping they teach us how to pray sort of thing. Like I get that we're in different places in our walk and, and maybe we, we're in this realization like I know there's more to this. I, I, I know that there's a deeper level. And, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, like you're totally off the hook this week. Like this is, this is totally a churchy message for, for people who have ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, and we're just trying to grow in our walk. And, and Lord willing, you'll be encouraged by this, and maybe you're like, oh, hey, maybe this isn't as weird as what I thought sort of thing. Yeah, amen. But the question that I, I think maybe some of us, maybe not everybody in here, the question that we're wrestling with is, how do I deepen my prayer life? Like, the fact that we're taking a whole teaching series to just talk about prayer I'm thankful that our pastor is guiding this and that he's leading us, that us as a church family, we begin to focus on this idea of prayer. And so let's, let's answer this, this idea of like, how can I deepen my prayer life? And the answer is simple, it's fasting. And some of you are like, oh geez. Ah. <laughs> Lord willing, if I do any kind of a good job for Jesus today, will change our mindset and how we look at this concept of fasting. But I think this spiritual discipline, this habit, this, this tool that we can use in our walk with Jesus is going to take us to our next level. Some of you, like your prayer life, you're killing it, but it's time to take your next step. We don't ever arrive. There's always a next step for us. And I think the next step for us as a church family, regardless of whether we've been walking with Jesus for a long time or just a short period of time, we can begin to incorporate this idea of fasting in our life because prayer and fasting is the game changer. You know, Pastor Ryan he did a he did a message back in March. It was part 5 of the series Breakthrough. And you're gonna hear a little bit of overlap, but I can't encourage you enough to go back and listen to that teaching. He talked all about praying and fasting, and I'm kind of building upon that. But just to, I, I'm gonna give a bunch of quotes from Richard Foster. He's written several different books. If you need some extra reading, just Google search Richard Foster. He, they got audio books, they got the, you know, the old-fashioned paper Books. Are you guys familiar with the paper ones? Yeah, like some of you like to sniff books. I think that's actually really weird. 
I'm just gonna call that out. Like, oh, I love the smell of a book. Like, dude, that's weird. I don't know. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But I love this quote and this idea of fasting. Like uh, in his book, Celebration of the Disciplines, he wrote this about the idea of fasting. He says, biblical fasting always, not some of the times, but always centers on spiritual purposes. That's the point of fasting. Now I get, like you can go to YouTube, you can Google, you can go to Barnes and Noble, there's all kinds of books in this idea of fasting. But biblical fasting, like that's what we're gonna talk about today is what does God's word have to say about fasting? Now, we could spend a whole teaching series on this idea of fasting and I'm just gonna give like a 20,000 foot view of fasting. Like we could go way deeper. I'm just trying to whet your appetite in this idea and try to encourage you to consider taking your next step and in including fasting uh, with your prayer life. Now here, now we might pray and fast for, for different reasons. Like we wanna rekindle a broken relationship. We're trying to find freedom and healing from our yesterdays, we're trying to fight against addictions. Uh, we, just, we, we just wanna experience God. And those are all good things and there's nothing wrong with praying and fasting over all of those things. But biblical fasting basically encompasses knowing and experiencing God. And you might get to know him and experience him on a different level through a mending of a relationship or finding freedom and healing from an addiction or a hurt or a hang up. But the idea of biblical fasting is to know and to experience God. That's the whole point of this entire teaching series. Now once again, Pastor Ryan, he talked about this idea in the teaching series called Breakthrough. And I just, I wanted to grab a couple of his core ideas. He goes much further in, in describing these, but I, I think it's gold and I think, I think you'll get it. And the first thing that he said is prayer connects us to God. I mean, we, we got that last week. Like, we're in the presence of God. We pray out of faith. Like, we're talking to an invisible God, but this idea of fasting, fasting disconnects us from the world. So we disconnect from the world in order to have an even stronger connection with God. So we're praying, we're connected to God, but what if we removed some of the distractions that the world brings us. And so the idea of fasting disconnects us from the world in order for us to be connected with God. I love this, this mind shift is fasting is not ultimately about what we let go of, but who we will let take a hold of us. Fasting isn't this, oh geez, they're gonna make me not eat and I gotta try to be spiritual sort of thing. Like, I, I get those feelings, those are real emotions. But what if we shift in the way that we look at fasting and we realize that God, he's trying to get more of us. He, he wants every part of us. And what if fasting and disconnecting from the world allows him to get more of us? Now, there, there are gobs of examples of fasting in the Bible. We're gonna look at two of them. 
And, and, and we're just gonna do a very surface level. We could dive much deeper into the text. There's gobs there, but if you brought a Bible, head over to Acts chapter 13. That's gonna be our first example. Now, if you haven't read the book of Acts, you should read the book of Acts. Like, I cannot read the book of Acts and not get fired up every time I read the book of Acts. The way that Holy Spirit was moving within the church, how the church was one, and how the gospel and the good news of Jesus was spreading all over the world is incredible. But we're gonna look at this, we're gonna, you're gonna see it, it'll be really obvious to you. We're just gonna observe what the text is in the middle of this story. So Acts chapter 13, starting at verse 11 through three, apparently. I messed up my slide. The Bible says you have to forgive me. Okay. All right. Now, in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. So there's a group of people. Now we get a list of some of them. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So the scripture, just real quick. We're seeing that there's a group of prophets and teachers. There's other people who are there, but Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, it's like an extended of his gospel, gives us a few details. Now, I wanna look at the observation that we're gonna see next. While they were worshiping the Lord, and what's this word? While they were fasting. They were worshiping and they were fasting. Who knows, maybe they got brand new speakers and they were just getting their worship on that day. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have speakers. But they were worshiping and they were fasting. Just look at that observation. Stop reading farther ahead. Just slow down. Here's a group of people. They were worshiping and fasting. Those are important details. Rumor has it, we're gonna talk about the worshiping part next week. That's a little teaser for next week. But we're gonna focus on this idea of fasting. So they're worshiping, they're fasting, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So they're getting their worship on and they're fasting and Holy Spirit shows up and gives them directions of what to do. They're like, hey, I want you to set these dudes apart because they're gonna go and they're gonna preach the good news of Jesus over here. But they were doing this and Holy Spirit showed up while they were worshiping and while they were fasting. Luke continues, so after they had fasted and prayed, so they didn't just hear from Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit said, hey, send Barnabas and Saul over here. They kept getting their worship, prayer, and fasting going. They kept going. So after they were done, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. The church that we see in Acts disconnected from the world and got connected to God and they found out what his purpose and what his will was. And in this particular instance, it was to send Barnabas and Saul off to share the good news of Jesus. Because God has chosen to make prayer the path to his presence, his power, and his purpose. Holy Spirit showed up he empowered them. I purposely wore this shirt. He empowered them to go out with a purpose. Is there a single person in here who does not want to live into their purpose? I think some of us are trying to figure out what our God-given purpose is. What is God's will for our life? Keep after that journey. 
But I think prayer and fasting helps us to not only be in his presence, but we receive his power, and then we go and live into his purpose. All right, second biblical example about fasting is actually Jesus' words. Matthew chapter six, I'll give you a second to flip there. Jesus understood that fasting was being abused, and so he actually taught about fasting. Because fasting was used for all these different things that was outside of what God's purpose was. I mean, people fast today, not necessarily for a spiritual reason, but they fast. Biblical fasting is not to lose weight. (laughs) Just clear the air there. As soon as you eat, you're gonna put the weight back on. Trust me, I know. (laughs) Speak from experience on that. But Jesus taught about this idea of fasting because it it was getting misused. But Jesus spoke, Matthew chapter six. He says, read these three words, when you fast. Not if you fast, if you decide to fast, there's implication that you're going to fast. Jesus understood this in his culture in this time. When you fast, there's huge implications in these words. So what if our next step is to actually fast. Instead of just reading about prayer and fasting, what if we actually fasted? Now, I'll give some very rubber meet the the road and practical ways to get into it. But Jesus, he says, when you fast, when you fast, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Jesus is saying, hey, don't be going around and just showing everybody how spiritual you are, right? Like, oh, whoa, me, I've been fasting for a few days now and I'm just super spiritual. Like, yeah, like that's the reaction we should be giving that person, right? Like, like you just received your reward, that acknowledgement is all you're gonna get. Jesus saying, hey, check your heart, right? Check your heart when you're fasting. Don't make a big deal out of it. You know, we're not gonna just go broadcast it to the whole world how amazing and spiritual we are because we're fasting. He says, don't be a hypocrite about it. He continues. He says, but when you fast, once again, when you fast, he said it twice now, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There will be a reward. You might be praying and fasting about a, a specific thing, That may not be the reward, but you praying and fasting is gonna be ushering you into the presence of God. That is the reward. Come on, like, you've been here on on a worship service and like, Holy Spirit's just moving, right? Like you're just in tune, like God is here now. Or you come to a first Wednesday and you're just blown away by the presence of God. That's enough for reward right there of just being in the presence of God. So when you fast. But he says, don't make a big deal out of it. Now, it almost seems like the scripture is contradicting itself, 
right? We, we read in Acts where the church, they were praying and fasting together, but Jesus is also saying, hey, don't make a big deal out of it. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't go on your social media and say, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm praying and fasting for the Lord and just really, you know, he's gonna do something awesome. Like, that's exactly what he's saying not to do. It doesn't say it right here in this translation, but I'm pretty sure he says, don't go on Facebook and tell everybody that you're fasting. It's probably in the NLT version. <laughs> that was for you, buddy. Sorry, inside joke. All right. The whole concept of this teaching series is to know and to experience God. And for some of us, like, we're starting off ground zero. This is a new concept. Or, or, Maybe you've tried this before and it was just an epic failure. And I get that, like we have to start somewhere. Once again, I have a Richard Foster quote. I love his encouragement here. He says, it takes time to build your spiritual fasting muscles. If you fail to make it through your first fast, do not be discouraged. So think about the first time you rode a bike, right? Like that was probably ugly. <laughs> I don't know about you, maybe you were doing wheelies right off the bat, I was not. Like I'm learning to ride the bike, I had my banana seat. How many banana seat bike riders in the house? Come on, if you don't know what that is, just Google it real quick. It's a long seat for all the kids in their 20s, like what's a banana seat? Like, uh, like it's a longer seat, you could almost fit two people on there, which is really cool. But I had my banana seat bike and you had to pedal backwards to, to stop it because it didn't have the finger brakes on it sort of thing but I'm just like super wobbly sort of thing and I'm leaning and I lean right and I go right into a bush. Like it was ugly, it had thorns in it. Like this is stupid, why am I trying to learn a bike? They seem to be having fun, this stinks, right? It, but by the end of summer, man, I, I'm building ramps. Right, like I got the brick and the piece of plywood and nowadays you look at that piece of plywood like that should not have held me when I was doing the jumping. But like you, you, you brush the dust off, you get back up and you get on the bike and, and before you know it, you're riding the bike and you're doing wheelies and everything else. It's awesome. It's the same thing with these spiritual disciplines. You know, we're, we're not that far from the end of the year and a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. They go to the gym, they go get a, a membership and they go in there and they're just like, yeah, I'm gonna be super healthy. And when they go in, they start uh, cranking on the weight sort of thing and like three days later, like, oh, I can't walk sort of thing. Like, because they haven't used those muscles. Sometimes, spiritually speaking, we need to ease into that and begin to build those muscles. And so that's what Richard Foster is trying to encourage us to do is like realize that, hey, we need to build these up. He's not done encouraging us though. He says, you may have tried to fast too long the first time out or you may need to strengthen your understanding and resolve. As soon as possible, undertake another fast until you do succeed. God will honor you for your faithfulness. I love that idea. It's this idea of just brushing the dirt off. Yeah, we got the scabbed knee sort of thing, but we're gonna get back on the bike and we're gonna try it again. And so I wanna encourage you, if you've been discouraged or fasting has been difficult, get back on the bike and try it. Now, I'm gonna be very practical here very shortly, but maybe you just need to start off a little bit smaller. Just start off with one meal sort of thing. At the same time, this idea of fasting, it takes us into the spiritual realm. 
There is this reality that when we're focused and we're in the presence of God, there is this spiritual realm, an, an unseen realm that's all around us. And Paul, who was a, a church destroyer to a church planner, he understood this idea. In fact, he wrote in Ephesians 6 that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities, the rulers, and the authorities in the unseen realm. And so I wanna encourage you, we need to make sure that we have all the armor on from Ephesians 6. I wish I could dive into this, but maybe just write yourself a note. I need to go read Ephesians 6. This is the armor of God. Now here's a really cool thing. We did an entire teaching series called SWAT that unpacked this idea of the spiritual armor. And so when we pray and fast, not all of the time, but sometimes, it is warfare. It's spiritual warfare. And so let's make sure we put all of God's tools on his armor before we go into that battle. However, not all praying and fasting is a spiritual battle. I think some of the times it's literally just us having joy and peace. So Paul, who understood the spiritual realm and spiritual warfare, also wrote this to the church in Rome. He said, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I wonder if for some of us, we just need to pray and fast so that way we can experience peace and joy in the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not always this doom and gloom and it's a fight and there's a demon around every corner. Those are realities. And I would neglect to share that with you and try to equip you, but also don't have the mindset that every time we pray and fast, it's this super heavy spiritual war. Because sometimes we can just have peace and joy. And maybe for some of us, we're in the middle of a storm right now, and it's like, I have zero peace and I have zero joy. Maybe your next step is to pray and fast through that storm and experience the peace and joy through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I wanna set you guys up. And so I'm gonna give you three ways to prepare for a fast. And we're gonna look at it from uh, different angles, but the first way to prepare is spiritually. God has put this in us. We have a soul, and there's a spiritual part of our body. And so how do we prepare for a fast spiritually? The first is declare your dependence on God. Declare your dependence on God. God, let's just be real. God, the only way I'm gonna get through this fast is if you show up sort of thing. Like this whole fasting thing scares me to death. Like I need you and maybe, maybe that's what your next step is, is just to declare your dependence upon God. Second way to prepare spiritually is unconfessed sin. Now, this is super churchy. You don't talk about sin a whole lot outside these doors, I don't think. At least I don't have it in too many conversations. But I don't know about you. I don't want anything to hinder my prayers. You know, Peter, he wrote to the husbands and said, hey, confess your sins so your prayers aren't hindered about your wives. I don't know about you. I don't want my prayers hindered. And maybe we just need to confess those things over to God. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus is the one that forgives. 
but we need to confess those over to him. And so one way to prepare for a fast is get the stuff off your chest and just be raw, open, and transparent with the creator of the universe and just confess those things over to you. In all reality, maybe even as I'm speaking about that, maybe God is even bringing something to the surface right now that you just need to let go over to him. I don't share that to beat you up or to make you feel guilty, but why hold on to that anymore? Confess that over to him and let go of that. Third way to prepare spiritually, refocus on the eternal. Now, I don't wanna be morbid by any means and I wanna be sensitive to this, but man, I've done a lot of funerals in the last month. And what I've learned is life is short. And I wonder if sometimes we just need to recalibrate our vision and we need to realize that there's another life after this. That when we take our last breath, there is eternity. And I wonder if for some of us, we've set our heart and our minds on this world, but now we need to set our hearts and minds on things above. Go check out Colossians chapter three. We need to refocus on the eternal. Jesus isn't here, he's sitting at the right hand of God. He's waiting, he's preparing a way for us. Instead of being focused on this junk that's happening all around us, what if we look up and realize, wow, there's eternity. God's got this in control. I wonder if I can let go of this thing. And what does it look like, spiritually speaking, to recalibrate, to refocus our vision on eternity? And lastly, spiritually, invite the presence of God into your life. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Maybe that's your next step. Is maybe you've surrendered your life over to God, but I wanna encourage you, say a bold prayer. Holy Spirit, I surrender everything over to you. Will you just saturate me in your holy presence? Bathe me, fill me, overflow out of me. Those are crazy, audacious prayers, but man, I think God will hear and I think he'll respond to that as well. So invite the presence of God into your life. All right, second way to prepare is physically. God did give us physical bodies. We, we do get hunger pains. Mine are just now kicking in. I haven't had breakfast yet. I can, I can feel a little rumble in my tummy right now sort of thing. So we do have physical bodies. Now, just to be clear, I am not a medical professional. Please seek medical advice in doing a fast. If you have other underlying issues, or whatever, please consult your physician. I'm just giving some suggestions that I think, generally speaking, will help people in their fast. The first part is don't rush into it. Like, don't be just doing your normal routine and then just er, stop, like stop eating sort of thing. Like, don't just rush into a fast. Prepare your body for it. Maybe part of preparing and not rushing into is spreading out your meals a little bit and eating smaller portions. Allow your stomach to shrink down a little bit. If you're eating three full Thanksgiving meals a day, it's gonna be really hard to stop eating because you're so full of green bean casserole and turkey and man, oh man. Whew, mouth just got watering right there. 
You hear what I'm saying though. We need, we need to prepare our bodies for it. Now, I don't wanna gross anybody out, but as you're preparing and kind of shrinking down, this is more so if you're going to do an extended fast, but end your time with higher fiber. Like, things get bound up, that's all I'm gonna say, you'll thank me later, sort of thing. I, hey, I told you I give practical rubber meets the road things here, okay? But consult your physician, like, Prepare your body, begin to shrink the meals, maybe spread them out sort of thing. And as you're like the day or two before, begin to add higher fiber into your diet. You'll thank me later. Okay, it's really hot and awkward in here. Whew. All right, uh, the third way to prepare for the fast is our schedule. Now I'm gonna break this down to morning, noon, and evening. But we need to prepare our schedule, especially as the fan of block scheduling and going by a calendar, which you'll see come out here in just a minute. But what does it look like to prepare our schedule? Like we're preparing spiritually, we're preparing physically. What does it actually look like to prepare on our calendar, our daily events? So the first thing is praise and worship. What if you got up, you turned your smart speaker on or whatever you listen to music and you just say, hey, uh, uh, play praise and worship music and you just got that going while you're getting ready for the day. Set the tone as soon as you get up sort of thing. While you're making your coffee or eating your breakfast, get the praise and worship on. And while you're doing that, carve out time for reading. Get into God's word. It is active, it's sharp. And God desires to penetrate into our hearts and reveal things about himself to us. And so what does it look like to get our praise and worship on and get into God's word? Jesus was being tempted by Satan for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. And, and the devil is quoting scripture at him. And Jesus says, hey, man does not live on bread alone, but on the word of God. So if Jesus, who fasted, was being tempted by the devil, understood the importance of God's word, how important it is for us to be able to get into God's word. Now I got another quote from Richard Foster. I hope that the way he's been able to articulate himself will make a shift in your brain in the way that you understand fasting. I love this quote from him. Therefore, in experience of fasting, we are not so much abstaining from food as we are feasting on the word of God. Fasting is feasting. What if we're feasting on the word of God? We're hungry physically, but spiritually, oh man, we're just taking it in. What if we're just feasting on God's word? the word of life. And it speaks life to us. And it gives us freedom and healing. And we understand the compassion and the grace and the mercy that God brings us. We begin to understand his character because we begin to read and get into his word. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm holding it back a lot right now. I want you to catch it. Catch it. We need to shift our mindset on this idea of prayer and fasting, that we're getting into the presence of God. We're being empowered by him to live into his purpose. I love this. Noon, 
the reality is lunchtime comes around, we're gonna get hungry, right? So I just, I wanna be real, but at the same time, like I, I wanna throw this like thought grenade out there. Are we conditioned to eating? What I mean by that is like, well, it's uh, seven o'clock, I need to eat breakfast. Oh, it's noon, I need to eat lunch. Uh, it's six o'clock, I need to eat dinner. But are we actually hungry? I mean, food sustains us physically. It does give us enjoyment. I mean, I love the fact that God gave us taste buds. I am a foodie, I love food. But are we just conditioned, we just eat because we're supposed to eat? Or do we eat because we're actually hungry and we need uh, nutrients in our body? Just throwing out a thought grenade there. But what does it look like at lunchtime to pray? To get into the presence of God and while we're fasting, we're disconnecting from the world and we're praying on our lunch break. Maybe you gotta go to your car. If it's not gross, you go to the bathroom stall. If you got a lunchroom or whatever. But what does it look like to pray during your lunch break? And heaven forbid, uh, we actually get into God's word again sort of thing. Maybe we do a different devotion or we read in a different area of God's word during our lunch break. Or we go on a prayer walk. I mean, there's exercise there too, right? What if you were to actually circle your place of employment and to pray for that during your lunch break? The Holy Spirit gave this to me today. Like, I did not prepare for this. What if while you're praying around your workplace, you're praying for that person who just drives you nuts and gets under your skin? Jesus says, pray for your enemies. It's like pouring heaping coals on their head. What if you're praying circles around your building and praying for peace and resolution between that person, for your workplace? I don't know who that's for, but I'm challenged by that thought. Not, not with my coworkers, all mine are good. <laughs> this service is recorded, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, appreciate that, Josh. But what does it look like to pray for your coworkers during your lunch break? I get it, the hunger pains are going to come. You will be hungry while you fast. But what does it look like as a reminder, as that, that hunger pain comes in, it's a reminder of why you are praying. Pray and fast with a purpose. Okay, evening time's gonna roll around. It's been a chaotic day. You've been going 90 miles an hour. What does it look like to pray and fast in the evening? What does it look like for you to get alone for some unhurried time? Maybe you rushed the other times. Maybe your lunch break is super short sort of thing. What does it look like in the evening time, the dust is settled and you just have some unhurried time with God? Don't rush through it. Meet with others who are fasting and pray together. So instead of getting together to have a meal together, what if you got together to pray about the same thing? So instead of breaking bread together, you're, 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 you're praying and fasting together. We saw the example in Acts that the church got together, they got their worship on, and they were praying and fasting. What if... During your dinner time, you got together with other people and you prayed and fasted together. And this is the biggest one, avoid distractions. 
It's so easy, right? It's been a long day, it went a thousand miles an hour, but maybe we even had some unhurried time with God. But what do we always do? Well, maybe not you guys, but I do. Like we sit on the couch and we turn the TV on. Or we get our phone out and we just scroll. Like you guys share these cool videos and stuff and I click on it and I watch it, but then it gives a suggestion for the next video. And well, I gotta watch that one too, that looks cool, right? And before you know it, an hour and a half has gone by. Like I'm not standing on this stage, like I got it all together, I get highly distracted. But what does it look like during a prayer and fast to be so laser focused that we're going to at all cost avoid distractions? What does that look like? Because the whole idea of this series is to know and experience God. Now, I wanna be super practical and I, and I wanna just kinda clear the, the air here about some of the scheduling for this. We're gonna have 14 days of prayer and fasting. You might be confused and thought it was just seven days. I hope to clear all this up. So I'm a visual learner. So the, the, the 14 days of prayer and fasting actually happens starting on October 24th. Now let's look at a calendar because I'm a visual person, I love calendars. I can already envision all my block scheduling in here sort of thing. So the 14 days of prayer and fasting, it begins on Sunday the 24th, that's next week. So we've given you time to prepare for this fast. And then what's gonna happen is the second week is the seven days of uh, hands up, hands on sort of thing. That's where we're gonna meet here at 7.30, and we're gonna worship, and we're gonna pray. And I have full expectations that the creator of the universe is gonna meet us here. And so we're gonna end it. So these all start at 7.30. Let me come over here. With the exception of the last day. So on Saturday, October, November 6th, November 6th, we're gonna end it. Now I asked Pastor Ryan, I said, hey, you know, as I'm preparing this message, what do you, like, is there a direction or a theme or something that you want to do for this prayer and fast? And he gave me one word, revival. What if, I'm a wonderer, I love to say I wonder, what if, we prayed and fasted for 14 days as a church whole for revival. Where God would awaken something within us. That regardless of how long we've been walking with Jesus, God would awaken a whole nother level in our life, that we would know and experience him on a whole new level. What if, church? And so we're gonna come and we're gonna fast, pray and fast. There, there's different fasting, go listen to the teaching on breakthrough, but here's a real quick flyby. You can do a social fast. What if you got rid of your social media for 14 days? What if you stopped watching the news for 14 days, Lord help us? There's enough fear and anxiety that we have in our world. God's in control. 
We don't need to be glued to our news network. And your news network isn't right. I don't care which one you listen to or watch. God is in control. And what if, church family, we disconnected from those things? That's a social fast. Partial fast is maybe one meal a day sort of thing, or a couple of meals a day. Or maybe it's, uh, hey, I'm not gonna do sugar sort of thing, or I, whatever your thing is, whatever that seems to keep you sucked to the world, what does it look like to let go of that for 14 days? I don't know what that is for you. And then a full fast is no food, just water. Now, here's the challenge. I wanna encourage us. Now, we've got plenty of time to prepare for this. Starting on November 5th, that's a Friday, I wanna encourage the entire church, the entire church family to do a full fast starting on Friday the 5th, starting at your dinner time, meaning you're only gonna have breakfast and lunch. Here's why. We're gonna come back together on Saturday at five o'clock. We're, we're moving the time a little closer and we're gonna get our worship on and we're gonna break the fast with a feast because you're gonna bring your favorite dish and we're gonna eat out in the lobby together. How cool would that be that we're all just laser focused and we're praying and fasting together. We're gonna get our worship on and we're gonna be a community and we're gonna break the fast together with a feast with full expectations of what God is going to do. What if, church family? And so I can't encourage you enough to, to think about what your prayer and fast is for these two weeks. And at all costs, Pastor Ryan said, at all costs, be here for the prayer time on the second week at 7.30. Hands up, hands on. I have full expectation that God is going to move. Now, back to that message that Pastor Ryan did on the breakthrough. He talked about prayer and fasting. Now, Steve, you can go ahead and make your way up here. Uh, Steve, he, he does our sound. He do, does a bunch of other stuff. He's in leadership here uh, with the worship team. Uh, but that message that was spoken at the breakthrough spoke to Steve. And I want Steve to share how God was speaking to him. I was uh, a skeptic. Actually, more of a critic, actually. I was mm. like, I'm not giving up food. Food, I love food. Right, I'm not doing <laughs> Amen, that. Amen, brother. And I was, so I was definitely a skeptic. And then uh, I was sitting right over there, and Chris Kidd gave his testimony on how him and Brandon and JB were fasting together about Chris's son. Chris's son is far away from God. He was off the grid, and he was involved with some really bad stuff. So they were doing this fast, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, Chris's son called him and wanted to connect. And I was like, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me get into this. I couldn't understand how me giving up food was going to impact my life and, and get in my prayer life. I didn't, I didn't understand that. So I'm like, I, I can try that. I can get into that. And then that whole week of the fast, uh, the church was open during lunchtime. So anybody wanted to come in and pray and listen to a short message just to help get through, get through the whole fast. We, we, anybody wanted to come, they would, we'd go out in the lobby and do that. Well, Jade and I are part of a, a friend group that sits right over here, usually first service. Uh, it's Greg and Angela Stevens and Eric and Sarah Rupel and Jade and I, and we decided we were going to do this fast together. 
everybody's going to give up something different, whatever they felt, whether it be sugar or alcohol or food. And so Jade and I decided we're giving up breakfast and lunch, which not much of a breakfast eater, but by, by 11 <laughs> o'clock, I'm hungry. So Monday went okay. I mean, I was hurting a little bit, but I was fine. Tuesday morning was fine. And then we got together and we prayed in the lobby. And by 3 o'clock Tuesday afternoon, when I haven't eaten in 23 hours, I was ready. I was hangry. I was ready to eat a cow. So I got out of work and I went home. And I literally was, you know, the whole point of the fast is to pray through the pain, to be able to get through your temptations and, and actually reach out to God. So I was, I was on my knees praying. I was like, I, I don't know how, what's going on. And, you know, I'm listening. God, talk to me. And he told me to pray bigger. He said, you're not praying big enough. We all have our little prayers we say every day, whether it be, you know, take care of my family, get me to work safe. We all have our little prayers, which are important too. He said, pray bigger. Mm. And I said, okay, God, what do you want from me? You know, I don't really think of anything right now that I have that I need to be praying bigger. And he said, Pat Arsenal. I didn't know Pat Arsenal. I knew of him from the church. He's a volunteer. I was a volunteer. A uh, little bit of backstory. He and I'd see each other, and he'd call me Jerry. My name's not Jerry. <laughs> and one day, Caleb Northrop was like, he called you Jerry? I said, yeah. He said, you should start calling him a different name every time you see him. <laughs> so I did it. So I, I'd see him. He'd say, Jerry. I'd say, hey, George, what's going on? And he'd correct me. I'd never corrected him. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was really funny. So then I heard he got sick with cancer. And didn't know the guy, but it broke my heart. He worked his whole life, and all of a sudden, he's able to enjoy retirement, do his woodworking, and do all the stuff he does, help around the church, and he's dying of cancer. So I said, all right, I'm going to pray for this guy. So that night, uh, one thing I forgot is our, our group decided that every evening, we would get together and talk about our day, and we pray together. So whether we got together in person or we have this little thing called FaceTime because we're like Jedi masters. They have iPhones. <laughs> other, than, other than the dark side with the Androids, we actually got together and prayed that night on our phones <laughs> together. And I brought it up to the group about praying together for Pat and how God was talking to me. He's like, all right, we're going to do that. So we prayed about Pat. And then we said, how are we going to get a hold of Pat and possibly bring him to the church and pray for him? Uh, Jade had his daughter's Facebook, so she tried to reach out to him. That didn't work. We couldn't get a hold of him. Well, this is how God works. The next morning, Greg Stevens walks into Walmart to buy supplies and runs it right into Pat's wife. <laughs> That's how God's work. It's not coincidence. Just, it happens. Yeah, just, just a coincidence. Just out of the blue. Yeah. So we set it up for Friday uh, to come in here at lunchtime and pray. There was about 30 of us in the lobby, and we had a little message, and then we sat Pat down in the center of the room, and we literally put hands on him and prayed. I'm standing behind him. My hands are on his shoulders. I'm crying like a baby. And we all go around the room. We're all praying, you know, for healing and for God's will to be done and just, just everything for Pat's life and his family. And, and then Pat starts to pray. And the second thing out of his mouth, he says, I want to thank Jerry for putting this together. <laughs> and I'm bawling. I, I'm I can't even <laughs> hold it together at this point. So... All said and done, he got over with, and I had to walk away for a second because I couldn't even look at him. And then I walked back, I mean, gave him the biggest hug, and I told him my name was Steve, and he laughed. But I had to be honest with him. <laughs> I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it. That was the last time I saw the man. Three weeks later, he passed away. Uh, 
And I was brokenhearted because I'm like, I followed your lead, God. I did what you asked me to do, and it didn't work. Or did it? Did it work? Did, did what I did put spirit in him? I, I don't know. A few things that I did see through that week of fasting was our friend group became a life group. We learned about each other. We did, we did life together. We talked to each other. We prayed together. People that didn't, weren't comfortable praying learned how to pray mm. and literally talk to God. So that was amazing. So I've struggled with it ever since of why Pat passed, but God's will be done. And that's, you know, Pat's time was done here. And maybe the whole purpose of that is for me to stand on this stage right here, right now to say this. It, it was amazing. That week was amazing for me. So. Can we thank Steve? I appreciate your transparency, Jerry. So Chris came on the stage and he, he was wrestling with stuff and he was praying and fasting. And he shared that story. And that spurred on and encouraged Steve. And the hopes of bringing him on this stage now is to spur on and encourage you that you would consider praying and fasting. Jesus' half-brother, James, penned these words. He said, Come near to God and he will come near to you. And maybe for some of us, that's what we need. We need God to come near to us. I think through prayer and fasting, God will totally answer this. And he will come near. My hopes today is that you'll at least try it. Just start off with one meal for one day. Don't compare yourself to other people in their spiritual walk. You have no idea what it's taken for them to get to where they're at. But what does it look like for you to just try it? Come, taste, and see that Jesus is good. Just try it. Just try a little taste. Just sample it. Just try it. Jesus prayed for you. If you've surrendered your life over to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he prayed for you. Jesus knew that the end of his earthly life was getting ready to end. And he was praying to the Father. He was praying for the disciples. And then he prayed for you and for me. And you can find his prayer in John chapter 17. He says, my prayer is not for them alone, talking about the disciples. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them, read these three words, may be one. Jesus was praying that we would be one under his name. Not Radiant Life Church, but Jesus' name. He wants us, church family, to be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
we become one so the world knows about Jesus. We become one so that the world knows about Jesus. He wasn't done praying. He says, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may, read these three words, may be one as we are one. And in them, and in you, and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, that we would be one, that we would be united. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. God has chosen to make prayer the path to his presence, his power, and his purpose. Get into God's presence so you can experience the power and the purpose of God. I wonder, I wonder what would happen, church family, if we actually took this 14 days of prayer and fasting seriously, whether it's one meal or, or you fast for the whole two weeks, wherever you're at on that, I wonder what it would look like if we were one and we were praying for revival. I wonder what would happen if we had such a personal revival with the creator of the universe that we can't help but to show it to the world. That because we're having a personal revival, our community has a revival because the good name of Jesus is doing a work in us. What if, what if we actually prayed and fasted? What if on that last day we're getting our worship on, God shows up, we break it with full expectation with a feast and lives are being transformed and people are getting saved. What if, what would happen friends? Imagine, pretend with me if we actually prayed and fasted. I got some fresh bread. This has been my quiet times all week. I didn't think I was gonna share it, but Holy Spirit was saying share it while Steve was uh, talking. I've been in 2 Peter. I've been in there for a couple of weeks now, and Peter's trying to encourage the church. He says, I remind you, I remind you. Like he was like a broken record. I feel like that's me. I got like five tricks in my pocket, and that's the five things that I talk about all the time. Get into God's word, pray, be a disciple maker, take your next steps. You guys have all heard me say that, but what if we actually did it? Peter, he wrote to the church. He says in verse, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse five, he says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. What if, church family, Radiant Lifers, we make every effort to pray and fast, and we pray for a revival within us, not for us, but for the world and the community who doesn't know Jesus, because there is an eternity. There is an eternity. 
what if? I wonder. I wonder what it would look like if we surrendered our agenda and picked up God's will and purpose for our life. I wonder what it would look like if we actually surrendered every nook and cranny of our heart, our mind, and our soul over to Jesus. Would you stand with me? Prayer team, you can make your way down. It seems to be an inside joke between Pastor JB and myself, but it seems like when I have the honor and privilege to bring God's word on the stage, we always sing the song, I Surrender. This isn't a song. This is a prayer. And maybe it's time to surrender your will and your agenda and to pick up God's will and God's agenda to know and to experience Him on a whole nother level. What does it look like for you to surrender that to Him? And so maybe you need to have the prayer team come and pray for you. Maybe you gotta confess something. I'm not saying you need to do that. Maybe you just need to come and kneel and confess but maybe you need to change your posture. Maybe you need the prayer team to pray and ask Holy Spirit to just fill you and to saturate you and to empower you to be able to pray and to fast. So that way we can live into his purpose. So don't sing this song unless you mean it. Pray this. I urge you, make every effort to grow in your knowledge of Him. I urge you, hear my heart, I'm not angry, I'm just passionately in love with Jesus, and my knowledge has grown of Him, and I just desire for you to taste and to see how good God is. That's my heart and my intent here today. But what does it look like for us to be a church who surrenders, who actually prays and fasts, that we have a personal revival and that our community be, would be radically changed because of revival? So Father God, may you use something of my ramblings here today to cause a spark of your holy presence May we take this idea of prayer and fasting seriously. And Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercies. Even when we struggled through it and we limped along, thank you for your grace and your mercy. You're not looking after perfection, you're looking after our hearts. And so Lord, we want to surrender more of our hearts to you. We need your empowerment of your Holy Spirit to help us do that. Will you hear our cries, our prayers, and our petitions for revival? Would you waken the dead hearts here now in Jesus' name? Would you create a passion within us? Would you help us to know you and to experience you on a whole new level? And help us to overflow that to our communities, our family, and our friends. So Lord, we don't just sing this song to you. It's our prayer that we surrender to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here I am down on my knees again. So
Surrendering all Surrendering all Find me here Lord as you draw me near Desperate for you Desperate for you I surrender
surrender I want to know you more I want to know you more I surrender I surrender I want to know you more I want to know visiting with us today. You'll see a green pillar out in the lobby. We want to just say hi. We want to give you a little gift and just say thank you so much for coming out today and checking us out. And we hope that you, you come back next week as well. Yeah. And as you go into the week, um, I mentioned this during first service. Um, prepare for the fast that's going to start next Sunday. Um, I, my last fast was a little bit more of a spiritual battle, but I tell you, like, I recognize that, and, and you just keep pushing through it, and God is faithful, and I experienced breakthrough, and it was amazing, and so I'm looking forward to the next fast, you know, even if it is a spiritual battle, but start preparing your hearts, start preparing your bodies, you know, like, like Pastor Brandon said, it's, there's a lot of things we can do now to prepare for the fast, and we can have some amazing breakthrough, we can deepen our relationship with God, it's just going to be amazing. So I encourage you to do that this week. And um, we hope you have a great day and go and be radiant.